For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're tuned into the Believe in Bengals show with Solomon Wilcox and Adam Pacman Jones. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bengal podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. Solomon Wilcox, and we have a very special guest. That's right. Three-time Super Bowl champion himself, linebacker, a special team ace with the Patriots, the Rams, as well as the Jets. Matt Chatham joins us on the Believe in Bengal podcast. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Life's good. Got an early game this week. It's Saturday, so we get early football. Can't wait. Absolutely. Look, before we get to the upcoming matchup between the Cincinnati Bengals and the New England Patriots to be played on Saturday, as you just mentioned, I want to go back to last week's game because the Bengals came back um, against one of the great quarterbacks, the greatest quarterback in NFL history, your former teammate, Tom Brady, um, down 17 points. The Bengals came back and scored 34 unanswered points in the second half to win that game. What do you think that does for a young team like Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals after coming back in a game like that? So, Solomon, I think my best point of reference on this actually isn't as the Patriots, it's more as the Jets. Uh, in that 06 season, uh, you know, you're a new team. Coach Mangini's brought us all in there to try to do some sort of facsimile, I guess, of what the Patriots do. And we get an in-season win on the road against them. Ends up being the last grass game, and Gillette forces them to sort of scramble and put turf down yeah. uh, the, the next <laughs> week. But I just recall, I mean, obviously him being my teammate, old roommate, I mean, I knew Tom well, and especially from practices and all those kind of things, what it's like to compete against him day in, day out. But it definitely means something to guys who aren't as familiar with him. Guys who, yeah. he's that figure, you know, he's that league figurehead type. And when you go out and battle and it's close, or in yeah. this instance you reference where you're actually trailing and have to come back, it puts juice in a locker room. It's a murmur around the room from young guys yeah. to older guys who have not had that kind of success yet to say, we can do this, right? It's sort yeah. of, it's a one-man validation, right? <laughs> it's, it's the bucks you're beating. But to compete against that particular dude and to come out on top, it really gives a lot of confidence to a group that's trying to go somewhere. And to your point, look, you know Tom well. I've met him and interviewed him on so many occasions. Um, you're not going to meet someone who's better than he is in terms of being a first-class guy. I always call him a servant leader. He He's there to serve the other guys and not everyone to serve him. I thought he was so gracious after the game. You know that loss hurt him as much as anything, but he's signing autograph for Bengals players. He's shaking the hands and spending time with Bengals players. It's probably the only time we're going to see 
a Joe Burrow, Tom Brady matchup. What do you right. think it did for someone like a Joe Burrow? Was this kind of um, signifying a passing of the of the torch for many of us watching uh, Brady and Burrow in that kind of game? You know, it, it makes me – I hesitate to go here, obviously, because you all know what happened last offseason where we felt like the farewell tour had happened and then yeah. Tom comes back and does it again. But yeah. I do think when you get to this sort of – you know, Tom's not in an 18th or 19th hole. He's in the, like, 26th hole. Right? So, <laughs> That's so, right. <laughs> but I think you become uh, more sort of sensitive to graciousness. Mm-hmm. I think you look around and you understand a little better what you've just been a part of, sort of what you've left behind. And, and you mm-hmm. appreciate other guys who are out there that are dogs like you were. And I think it's interesting to see guys like that interact, especially when Tom says, you know what, uh, to a certain extent, I can only control my position. And, and circumstances have changed dramatically so on the team I'm on. Uh, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a good thing for me. It's a good thing that I'm going to be remembering for the next 10, 20 years as I leave and do other things. Yeah. That you know what I had a connection with some of these other guys that did at the at the highest level behind me. Yeah, I think what this signifies for me, um, the Bengals coming back the way that they did, um, and coming back against a team led by Tom Brady. Because I I don't think you could separate the two. Uh, the, remember, the Bengals are a young franchise, or at least a young team led by a young quarterback in Joe Burrow, who's still finding their way. And I think from last year to even now around the league, from people on the outside looking in, they kind of see this team, uh, an organization that arrived maybe ahead of schedule, surprising everyone in the AFC. You don't just arbitrarily beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. We all know that could be a tough place to play. And now as we get here, they've beaten them three straight times. And um, I just think for even everyone who are Bengals fans, they're a little shocked and surprised. And I think a win like what we saw last week, Matt, it kind of tells you, you and I, we've been around football all of our lives. When you can win games like that, when no one else expects it, and it looks like you're about to go down for the count, and yet you snatch um, victory from the jaws of defeat and walk out of there, it does wonders for our confidence as players. You know that. And now it, it really does start to build on itself because anything the coaches tell you, now you believe them. Now right. you buy in, right. and now you you begin to believe that you can do anything after a win like that. And I think it's like a, I think it's like a shot in the arm for the Cincinnati Bengals team, having won against Tom Brady, having come from behind against a Buccaneers team that just won a Super Bowl two years ago, and now they're getting ready to take on the big bad Patriots. And I think they go into these final three games with a sense of understanding that we can do anything, and that this may even be a better team than they were one year ago at this time. Yeah, I think there's a, a big misperception uh, sort of collectively on our NFL sort of circle of of what it takes to be a champion, what happens when you actually become one. The notion that you just fly through a season because you're markedly better from the 17 that you play, that isn't how it works. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. six, seven, eight games where, you know, your, your, your metaphor there, the notion of sort of, of taking victory from the jaws of defeat, this happens all the time with the best teams. I mean, our three or four stretch, you could point to three or four games each of those three seasons where, yeah. you know, it's a coin flip. And you really, you absolutely had to do the pristine, correct thing in the right moment. Uh, some things situationally, either special teams, defense, or offense, or it didn't go your way, right? It wasn't just walking through schedules. And I think that's important. I mean, you, you use the reference here multiple times with the whole Bucks game thing. You do not come back from large deficits without playing great defense. 
That's you right. don't come back That's just right. by scoring and then give it back to you and score. It's not make it take a basketball. You have to stop someone <laughs> to right. allow to allow it to happen, right? So it's a collective mm-hmm. effort. And it's handling adversity. So I think what, and that's probably the biggest thing in season adversity, the Bengals are a great example of a team that, you know, I, I was probably part of that sort of chorus in in September and early October. They're not protecting. Well, they're not running the football the way they used to. That may be the end of them, but they're ready to chip and they're doing Mm -hmm. both those things much better now later in the year when it counts. So I think that's a big part of it. Learning yourself, adjusting, overcoming bumps and, and they've done so. Yeah, that's right. And playing complimentary football. They won that game last week without their best pass rusher in Trey Hendrickson and without their best cover corner in Chidobe Awuzie. Um, so coming from you, three-time Super Bowl champion, very well received. Joe Burrow, you think he solved a complex problem playing against the Buccaneers defense last week and trying to beat the greatness of Tom Brady. Uh, I think the equation just got a little bit more difficult. Um, how do you think Joe Burrow will fare against a Bill Belichick defense, who I still think is very much underrated. There are 14 interceptions on the season, tied for second most by any defense in the NFL. 48 sacks by this group, and you can tell us about those edge rushers. They got two of them with double-digit sacks, uh, but they rank top five at getting to the quarterback. I think this is going to be a complex problem to solve for Joe Burrow and the Bengals' offense. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they haven't been able to string together their sort of core four downs for the pass rush situation throughout the course of the season, but they did get them back last week. Christian Barmore, up-and-coming player in the league, uh, has missed a chunk, almost two months of time, returns a week ago. Josh Uche, I think he would be that sort of top-of-mind player as, as young edge guys in the league had he not missed so much time these first couple of seasons. Yeah. But when he's out there, good Lord, I mean, he is a, he's, he's just got – that thing his bend his elusiveness his explosiveness he's had a lot of his sacks in three rush situate three man rush situations or yeah. four where you're just dropping so when you can let him go and you don't have to do extra things and there's a final piece in there dietrich wise and at one point this season dietrich was ahead of matt judon in sack totals wow. it just sort of has swung throughout the group so they're very they're very very formidable now from a Bengals perspective the thing that you would note about the pats that has this community a little more concerned about how things are going is, is defensive back depth. So Jack Jones has been a sort of ascendant. Wow. They really hit on a kid from Arizona state here. This first year played a lot of really great games at boundary corner was a turnover machine himself. And uh, he's out now. Uh, We don't, you know, this is sort of a watch, watch the, uh, the, the inactive sort of situation in this market, Jalen Mills as well. So you take out two of your top sort of cycling three or four and it looks different against some teams, not others. And I make that point to say two weeks ago, they do a great job of stopping DeAndre Hopkins. Why? I think mm-hmm. they're, they're a team with one so far out in front of the other. It makes the, the shit, it makes any kind of rotations a little more, a little more deliberative. Yeah. I, I look at, and then we can even talk about a week ago. I mean, it, it's another situation where the, the, the lead dog is so far out in front. You can game plan. For Devontae Adams, not easy to take away even when you are doubling him, but they yeah. did a better job of making sure that one guy didn't kill him. I put the Bengals in a little bit different situation. It's not it's not to denigrate Chase at all. He's tremendous. Yeah. But Higgins, Higgins and Boyd are there also. And Ooh, it's oh, in yeah. any given week, you gotta you might have a you know a hundred yard game out of any of the three of them. Yeah. That's what makes it unique when you start talking about issues of secondary depth because everyone slides a spot uh, ostensibly. So it's uh, it's going to be a big challenge for them to, stay, to, to see who's active and for whomever's there to step up because what's going on at this two and three spot is just as important as what's going on. At the and, and, and for everyone who's listening, 
I think what you just described is that it was a secondary win. The top players like Jalen Mills and the rookie um, Jack Jones was able to play. I was so impressed with Jack Jones. Absolutely loved him. And, you know, all the people here in Cincinnati are familiar with Sauce Gardner, who went nearby to the University of Cincinnati. Well, you and I both know Jack Jones was performing at that same level during his rookie campaign with Sauce Gardner until the injury. Um, and it's just rather unfortunate. Now you're going to be, um, you know, that depth is going to be tested against a trio of receivers in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. We hope to get Hayden Hurst back this week. But we've had, we've been tested with our wide receiving group. And we've had guys like Trenton Irwin and Trent Taylor who've made plays in this offense um, for Joe Burrow. And I got to ask you this because, look, you played on the defensive side of the ball, played a lot of special teams. What the Bengals have been doing a lot of to help their offensive line and cut down on the sack total is Joe Burrow's not lining up really deep in the shotgun. He's about four yards deep, Matt, and he's getting the ball out quick. Uh, So he changed his depth, okay, which you and I both know puts a lot of stress on the offensive line um, by moving up a little bit closer. He will attack the line of scrimmage. If if you go flying up the field, he's he's stepping toward and pressing the line, vision down the field. He's either going to take off or he's going to dump it. His running backs have been great. And Samaj P. Ryan and Joe Mixon are checking it down. He had he and Tom Brady, in fact, last week checked in at number one and number two for getting rid of the ball on quick pass plays faster than right. anyone else. So I think that can really challenge the Patriots secondary and maybe mitigate the good pass rush that they come into games with. Yeah, so the way to make sure that's not the case, I guess from a Patriots perspective, is you can't give a chunk on first down. So you, it can't be right. second and four. can't be yeah. second and four because second and four isn't going to force you into five or seven-step drop. So you can go quick game all the way down the field if you get chunks on the ground. And I think that's why it's so imp- imperative and hasn't been an absolute given for the Patriots throughout the season. There's been great games of run-stopping mm-hmm. and really poor games of run-stopping where that's bas- basically been the core factor and them not not coming out with it. So they're going to have to – it sounds silly. You talk Joe Burrow. We talk all these incredibly you know important receivers to that offense. Mm-hmm. But if Mixon or P. Ryan are getting chunks, that's what we'll talk about. It, it won't be the other thing, right? Yeah. Because that, set, that sets the table for success in the other place. I love that you made the point, though, about the short, the short drop. Because I always looked at Burrow a little bit like I looked at Ryan Tannehill, a little bit like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know is not considered or thought of as a runner, but he was mm-hmm. always good you know, sort of guard to guard, leave down the front porch kind of guy. And, and, right, if you're, right. and, and it's it's just intuitive, I guess, sort of should be self-evident. If you if you started four as opposed to six, you're two yards closer. It's an easier decision to make. That's right. You're that's right downhill. You're right downhill and you're that's sliding right. and you're getting conversions. And that, that's yeah. a big deal. And he also will play you that if you're heavy in man coverage and you turn your back to him in coverage, yeah. Yeah. he going to make you pay, man. This. This dude plays just heady football. He gets it at so many different levels that you're almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, But before we head to break, I want you to share with our uh, Believe in Beagle podcast listeners here on Bally Sports Ohio, what is the weather like this time of year at Gillette Stadium for those teams that think they're going to come in and just have to play the Patriots? 
You kind of have you're kind of fighting two opponents sometimes. <laughs> you can, but you know what? Since he, uh, you know, we're Northern Kentucky, Southern Ohio here, so it's that's, kind of that's it's, right. It's Touché. it's not as if we're you know having a conversation about one of the South Coast teams. So that's it, right. it, it might be it might be 15, 20 degrees, and what's your difference? Maybe a little more wind. That's kind of a factor you always pay attention to in that particular stadium. But I haven't yet looked. But I don't. Man, we don't have some sort of impending uh, storm on the way, so it may not be a big factor. You also want to ring. With the uh, St. Louis Rams, am I correct? No, but I would have loved to have gotten it. I got cut from that team, Solomon, and, oh. that's, how I came, and that's how I came to New England. I was there for a cup of coffee during the 99 thing, but then on to New England from there. Uh, yeah, you were there in 99 as they're making the run. They send you over to the Patriots, but somehow <laughs> you still worked it out. You still end up with a bunch of bling it came out okay. on, on both hands. It came out okay. <laughs> hey, look, i got to ask you this, because Lou Anaromo – Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator has been so good at giving quarterbacks one thing in the first half, Matt, and giving them something totally different in the second half. It's not lost on me that the Patriots offense, they're only averaging, what, 20 points a game, 17th in the NFL. Matt Patricia uh, went from running a defense to now calling plays on the offense. And there's been some growing pains between he and the quarterback. I know at times, Matt Jones has been frustrated. There's been some new learning for him. I like him as a young quarterback, to be honest with you. But just kind of help us to understand what's going on with this Patriots offense and how might these struggles continue against a defensive coordinator that tends to really uh, make things very complex for veteran quarterbacks, let alone a young guy like Matt Jones. I think the story of 2022 for the Patriots offense it has sort of taken a weird you know, went off the road and has sort of gone wild in the woods kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of the conversation has been around Matt Patricia and what offense they were running and you know, his newness to calling plays and flipping sides of the ball. I think that's sort of burying the lead. It's an offense that has had, has three of its offensive tackles on injured reserve. Uh, it's other left tackle played right tackle last season, spent two of the last three weeks uh, missing pregame. Uh, to just come on the field and start at left tackle and Trent Brown. The, he was playing because he had no choice but to play. If they didn't, they were going to be putting their their guard center to go out the left. It's a, it's a hot mess. And I yeah. think if you take that circumstance and enter that into the sort of realm of things that any offensive coordinator has to, de coordinator has to deal with, you're in trouble. I mean, it, it really limits what you're able to do. They're not going to be a deep drop back team. They're not going to sit back there for three and four seconds. And the thing that was such a big part of their identity a year ago uh, no longer has been, although last week the Patriots ran for 206 yards on the ground. But they had been a team that could sort of impose their will. That was the identity. You yeah. win off play action or win off sort of uh, earning fronts or earning coverages that are more amenable to trying to throw the football. But when you're not running it well for several months, and it's 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 easy to understand how it happens. Damian Harris, you know, is a stud, an absolute stud, but he's been in and out of the lineup for for quite a bit. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson's been a, been amazing, but wow. asking one guy to go wire to wire is is usually not you know an entirety of an offense. They've been really yeah. poor in the red zone, and I think when you look at teams that are very competent in the red zone, because the area the room is shrunk, I and mean, we all know that you yeah. got to be able to run it. You got to be able to run it down there, and when you're That's missing right. that component and you're not able to protect as well as you'd like to, it just really handcuffs anyone that's trying to call play. So they've been in that circumstance uh, a week ago. It's just this is the kind of offense I think Sensi will see. You're going to watch tape, and you're going to say, "Man, if they hadn't done this crazy thing, or they hadn't, you know, the overthrow a wide open seam route, yeah, that, you yeah. know, 
could hit guy could hit his head on the on the goalpost if you catch the ball. Uh, if they you know execute a a sneak on the goal line, <laughs> you know, silly yeah. stuff like this, the notions of rankings and stats and all these kinds of things, they really go out the window if the Patriots cap- capitalize. But it's been an offense that really hasn't taken advantage of the opportunities they've had before them. So it's just one of those teams, like say if we're on the other side and we're talking from the Bengals' perspective, yeah. you'd say you can't overlook them because if they ever figure this out, right? there's something there. There's something there. They get all healthy uh, and they're all available and they stop shooting themselves in the toe, then, yeah, they're they're very formidable. But until then, they've, they've been very untrustworthy because of sort of riding the roller coaster. And that's what I was going to ask you. I, normally, I could sit here – and and do this show and say, hey, Lou Anaromo is going to tell us, guys, here's the guy we have to take away. We've got to take away a Mike Evans like last week. We've got to take – I don't know who with the pages that we say, look, we got to take away this receiver. Here's the guy. And, that, and to that extent, because they don't have guys that can break the game wide open. But I can tell you right now, Jacoby Myers, if you go to sleep on him, he'll take you behind the woodshed. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, if you go to sleep on him, Matt, he can end up with a big game, and now they're they're running all of his highlights on SportsCenter. So, <laughs> you know, help me out here. If you had to take a guy away, who do you take away? Where is Lou Anaromo best maybe focusing his resources, and who do they have to really be? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. concerned about? I don't think you have to take a guy away with the Patriots. I think you have to take an element away. I think it's more important that they cannot establish the run game uh, because if they do, that really changes everything. All these yeah, protection yeah. issues they've been having, and in saying that, last week was probably one of the best in months. They protected exceptionally well. Opportunities all over the place in the passing game didn't play well from the quarterback spot. Uh, but but I would not want to let them get rolling with the you know the, the kinds of plays I referenced earlier with the Bengals. You don't want second and four. You don't want to give yeah. chunk plays on the ground, right? You, you mm-hmm. don't want to put them ahead of the count because then they can really hurt you. Uh, they're a team that two weeks ago against the Cardinals are down their top two wide receivers and Devontae, excuse me, Devontae, Devontae Parker yeah. and Jacoby Myers, and then their top two backs in Ramondre Stevens and Damian Harris. If you're talking from a Patriots perspective. You're usually game planning around those four. Now those four are absent. So they've been trying to make it work, but it has been a hard scrabble because of just sort of, you know, glue and bubblegum kind of thing. So I think we'll all be watching as they do in this market, those inactive lists and who's up and available. Devante, if he's back, changes things because he's a dynamic player. He's not an over-the-top guy, but he can win one-on-one against just about anyone. You mentioned the notion of not being able to take the top off. They've got a very interesting player in Marcus Jones, who's sort of their version yeah. of a Devin Hester kind of thing. <laughs> That's right. Where they'll also notice from a defensive standpoint, you know, you see that guy on the field, you know, when you're studying game plan, you yeah. said, okay, ears up, something's going on. So he can he's go. Been an explosive player for them. Absolutely. That's right. He is a guy that can flat out run. When you see him, he's going deep. Or he's going to catch it in front of you and then take it deep. He can yes. do either one. This guy's fast as, as he wants to be. Also, Ramadre Stevenson, the running back for the New England Patriots, he's a guy that the Bengals have to keep an eye on. Over 900 yards already rushing 
um, so far this season. He's averaging five yards per carry entering action week 16 for the Cincinnati Bengals game. Matt, I got to ask you about this because one week the Cincinnati Bengals are taking on the GOAT, Tom Brady, and they survived it. And now our young coach, uh, who we love a lot, Zach Taylor, has got to play chess against the mastermind himself, Bill Belichick. Now, that's a lot to put on a guy. You got to go beat Tom Brady one week and the next week. You got to go uh, take on Bill Belichick. And I guess it beats the alternative, taking them both on at the same time. <laughs> right, 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 right. So uh, tell me, what are some of the things that you know about your former coach, Bill Belichick, that he would be thinking about going up against a young, offensive-minded coach like Zach Taylor? Well, I think you have to look at context and circumstances around the team, uh, who you're getting right now. And I think Coach Belichick is – uh, the best there ever was, and he's also sort of guiding a ship with a lot of wounded animals, a lot of cornered guys, a lot of guys that want to prove that they're better than what they've been performing like. So what they've always been really good at is is turning things around on a singular game plan that doesn't necessarily speak to arc of season, but it, yeah. in any moment, can they put together a plan for these 60 plays of each side of the ball that can hurt the other side? Yeah. Now, can they live up the performance? That's been the issue. Can they stop shooting themselves in the foot? I mean, I don't, we all saw the wild end of that game with the Raiders. I mean, in the event that you do that, you know, who cares if it's Bill Belichick or whomever, mm -hmm. uh, head coach, players have to execute in critical moments. But I think that's probably the biggest thing. Bill's going to put something out there that will be challenging, that will be mentally challenging and physically challenging. He'll work the best that he has with the pieces he's working with. But are they going to be able to execute it? Are there things that Zach's going to be able to take, uh, to take advantage of himself? Yeah, I think that'll be very interesting. There's no doubt about it. Look, um, I can tell you this, Zach Taylor, um, you know, remember he had coached under Sean McVay, comes from that, um, that uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, a lot of the West Coast principles, uh, but he really has given Joe Burrow a lot of, um, a lot of latitude to operate within the offense. And uh, you got to know this about Zach Taylor. He was once the, um, offensive player of the year in the Big 12 Conference as a quarterback at Nebraska. So you and I both know if you have a coach who used to play quarterback and then he gets himself a young, talented player like a Joe Burrow, you're going to coach that guy to say, here are the things that I would do with him that I wish someone would have did with me, <laughs> right? Right, right, right. right. Like, and, and you're going to give them everything. You're going to allow them to run because you know this. When you're going up against some of the best defenses – they force you to have to go to your second and your third and sometimes your fourth option. So you better have one. And your third, fourth, and fifth option better be a good option. And that's what I think the Bengals do as well as anyone. I think he knows. And I remember watching. You remember Zach Taylor was in uh, with the Rams when the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl during that 2018 run. That was a game where – Remember, I think what the Patriots scored seven points of seven to three. It was a three-three ball game at halftime, and I and I just thought it was one of the great um, coaching games that I saw from Bill Belichick defensively derailing a high-powered offense like the Rams. And that's what concerns me the most going into a game like this, Matt. Yeah, I, I believe the old stat Solomon was actually uh, there have been two instances in NFL Super Bowl history 
where a team was held the most below sort of their average for season. So yeah. they, they were a nearly 30 point per game team throughout the regular season. Smoking were the Rams and they hold them down to three points. It's just sort of taking yeah. that much of a chunk multi-score off of what you're used to. Incredible. It's just, it's just simply unheard of, right? So yeah. I, I do think though, when you're facing them now, uh, the challenge you have, and I think last week's actually a, a, a terrific example of it. They, Matt Judon, you're going to be the offensive tackle. You play right tackle, maybe left because they move him around. Yeah. And you're studying film all week. You're, you're working on, this is my edge guy. Here's what he does. Here's how I'll counter him. Here's how, here's my approach. Mm-hmm. And Matt ends up dropping half the game. <laughs> right? <Wow>. So he, <laughs> ends up, he ends up, you know, over guards and dropping out. And yeah. he's just used a different way for that particular week. And that's just the thing you have to be ready for. You may spend all week preparing for something you don't even do in the game. And I think that's what it always is, is the challenge when facing Coach Belichick's teams. Hey, look, I, I think our tackles in Lyle Collins and Jonah Williams – they got the work cut out. Josh Uche, people should know about him. This is a young up-and-coming star in the NFL, already with double-digit sacks with three games remaining. And everyone should know about Matt Judon having come to the Patriots from the Baltimore Ravens. We remember him in the AFC North. All he's done has gotten better since right. he's since he's gone to New England. Hey, before we let you go, Matt, and want to thank you for joining us on the show. Tell us more about your company. Um, rub smoke love and where we can find some of your products that's it i i have uh i have samples so i love to do this sort of on the screen here so uh this is gold bark and beefcake uh ah, i like it 12, 12 years uh at nesson new england sports network i left this spring and started a barbecue rub company and we're uh, you, you can find it at rubsmokelove.com. Beefcake is more beef, steak, ribs, all those kinds of things. Anything that's beef-based is perfect for Gold Bark is more of a chicken, barbecue, any kind yeah. of thigh, doing thighs, doing any kind of thing. With It's a pig preparation. So you can find that online at rubsmokelove.com. We're in grocery stores up here in the Northeast at all the big Y's and a bunch of butchers. So I'm loving life. I'm doing something a little different. It's, uh, it's a nice twist. I like it. Rubsmokelove.com. I like that. Great. <laughs> it, see, it just sticks right in the brain. You say it that's, once, I got it. <laughs> that's the idea. That's the idea. Hey, uh, Matt, we really appreciate you joining us on the show. Great information. We wish you all the best of luck with selling your products and with your broadcasting career. You do a great job, my man. I want to thank you for joining us right here on the Believe in Beagle podcast, delivered by 828 Logistics. Everyone, you can continue to watch us right here on Bally Sports Ohio. We'll see you next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.